This is a Federal News Network podcast. A new working group has arisen at the Council of the Inspectors General on Integrity and Efficiency, the collective of all federal IGs known as SIGI. The new Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Work Group aims to make sure the IG's office's workforces are sufficiently diverse. Here with what the group will do and how it will operate, we've got the Acting Inspector General of the Education Department, Sandra Bruce. Ms. Bruce, good to have you on. Good to be here, Tom. Thank you. And Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation IG, Jay Lerner. Mr. Lerner, good to have you on. Great to be here. Thank you, Tom. So my first question is, are you going to be looking at diversity, equity, and inclusion at the IG offices that you respectively have in SIGI, or is this something that you're going to look at as IGs across the agencies that you have some degree of oversight for? Actually, Tom, it's all of the above. It's very important for us as a community to promote diversity, equity, and inclusion throughout the community. So to do it as a member of SIGI or a SIGI body and respective IGs, that would be the only and best way that we could do that. It's really important to make sure that we have an organizational culture where all the staff feel valued. They feel um, like they're treated equitably. They're able to freely express their perspectives. That kind of culture, um, it transcends to a high performing team and it allows us to retain diverse talent and to be innovative and have comprehensive work. Jay? I completely agree with what Sandra said. It's both internally looking inward within the IG community and external, meaning the oversight work and holding the agencies accountable within the government. And when I was growing up, the word was equal. Everybody is equal under the law. Everyone should be treated equally. And I'm trying to understand the meaning of the term equity. It seems to have replaced equality. And maybe you could help me know what that means in this context. Well, it's interesting for us, Tom. Um, Actually, the executive order on advancing racial equity and support for underserved communities through the federal government, it clearly defined equity. Equity is the consistent and systemic fair, just and impartial treatment of all individuals, including individuals who belong to underserved communities and that have been denied such treatment. And that gets into the definition that you were talking about, equality. I mean, we're used to hearing about race, ethnicity, age, gender. Those are the legal requirements that we typically um, look at, right? But here we're talking about the same demographics, but making sure that everyone has access to all, equitable access for all. To add to that, Tom, I think equity really is a matter of fairness and justice and like Sandra said, impartial treatment. So I think of it in terms of opportunities and making sure everyone has opportunities to shine and to demonstrate their performance. All right, all worthy goals, but now you have a work group within SIGI, and how will the work group work? What will you do, and how will you measure your output? So the work group, actually, I'll do the output first. Our ultimate goal is to develop a roadmap for diversity, equity, inclusion, You know, we have small, medium, and large OIGs in the community, and we want everyone to be able to take this and kind of use it like a menu where we have specific focus areas, some that Jay actually mentioned earlier, talking about the internally focused or the outwardly focused areas. And we're actually developing strategies and actions, toolkits, videos, lists, references, indicators, and even metrics to help measure the progress of diversity, equity, inclusion throughout the community. So that's our ultimate goal. But then the way that we operate, we meet monthly. And during those monthly meetings, 
you know, we talk about, well, first we make sure that we have an opportunity to enhance our own diversity, equity, and inclusion competence, right? We want to make sure that we're clear and that we understand what that means. So we invite in speakers and we'll do videos. We even have discussions on something as simple as Heritage Month. What does it mean to us? And then during those monthly meetings, we also get the subwork groups to talk about the progress for the areas that they particularly have for the roadmap. So the roadmap is really our ultimate goal for making sure that we can get the word out to the community. And Tom, there's two other projects that I think are worth highlighting that the group is working on. The first is related to a survey within the IG community going out to all members, all employees within the IG community to gain a better understanding of what's going on among the uh, 14,000 or so employees within the IG community. And that will set a baseline for a maturity model to measure progress over the course of time from year to year, how the IG community is doing and making progress. The second area is we're collecting OIG reports that have been issued on various topics related to diversity, equity, and inclusion, and the principles they include, you know, whether it's law enforcement or policing or prison activities or banking and finance, the area I work in, or education like Sandra's area, or healthcare, collecting that information those reports, and we want to make sure we're highlighting that on behalf of the IG community and to be able to draw themes and patterns to understand what's going on within the uh, federal government and develop tools and techniques, ways to measure that within the uh, federal government. We're speaking with Jay Lerner. He is the IG of the FDIC and with Sandra Bruce. She's acting inspector general of the education department. They both co-chair the SIGI Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Work Group. And Sandra, I have a personal question for you as a black woman who has come up through the ranks in the federal government and acting IG of education department as a pretty high level position. What's been your personal experience with respect to diversity, inclusion and kind of the hard to measure effects of how you feel you've been treated and mentored? I'm so glad you asked me that question, Tom. That's part of the reason that when I was asked to be the chair for diversity, equity, and inclusion, I quickly accepted and was honored to do so. Diversity, equity, and inclusion is a journey and not a destination. And for me, over the years, while I have experienced, I'll say the isms and the opportunities where people may not necessarily have understood my diverse perspective, that in itself also fueled me to make sure that I did try to keep an open mind, make sure I understand what people are saying, not to automatically go to the default that it is one of the isms, that to understand that it is because of diverse perspectives that we all think differently, we speak differently, and we process differently. So with my experience, uh, you know, from high school to a secretary to sit in this IG position, I've taken each opportunity that I've had, whether it was painful, I didn't like it, or, or what have you, to pretty much just fuel that into making sure that I keep an open mind, a good heart, and a great understanding about what people truly are trying to say and do, whether I understand it or not, or I like it, at least be able to respect it. Yeah, I think that heart idea is a pretty good ingredient that's missing in a lot of these talks sometimes. And Jay, let me ask you, your experience, or do you have a baseline sense of how diverse, and just in terms of the, I guess, racial makeup, the IG community is at this point, and maybe how it compares to the rest of the federal workforce or how it compares to some ideal? Well, I think it varies from office to office. And as Sandra said, there are small, medium, and large OIGs. 
At the moment, I think we're still gathering that information as part of the survey, but that is going to set the baseline, not only in terms of race, but in terms of other protected classes and other traits and attributes that we'll be measuring. And do you anticipate looking at the agencies that you are inspectors general of that you'll be looking to launch perhaps investigations or insights into their different components and their own DE&I work? Yes, I think that'll be part of it, and it's up to each individual inspector general to be able to make that determination. There's already been some work done, and that's what I was referring to, of collecting that information so that other IG offices can learn from those experiences and develop tools and techniques and and ways to measure that situation. Sandra, final word? If you want to be an organization or the place to be, incorporate diversity, equity, and inclusion, and be committed about doing so. Sandra Bruce is Acting Inspector General of the Education Department. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you, Tom. Thanks for having us. Jay Lerner is the IG of the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. Thank you also. Thank you, and thank you for highlighting this work. It's really important. And again, they co-chair the SIGI's Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Workgroup. We'll post this interview along with a link to more information at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. We now bring you a special presentation from our friends at WEPA. Shane, thanks for joining us. Can you tell us about WEPA and your new podcast? Mike, great to see you again. The podcast series, Lessons in Leadership, what we're trying to do is, is take a deeper dive, a different angle into the conversation around leadership with great leaders at all levels of government. Uh, since the 1900s, leadership has been studied in a serious and academic way. Uh, great man theory, the leader-follower theory, the inspirational leader, transformational leader, all of these are backward-looking um, development of styles, looking at an individual, figuring out how they did leadership, and then translating it into a form that we can use today to learn, to perhaps emulate, copy. But great leaders, they have more than one style. I think, I truly think that a great leader can adapt and transform into the role that's needed at that time. So, what we're trying to do is, is talk to great leaders and go a level deeper. Tell us about your, a story in your past. Tell us an inspiration that really affected your ability to lead others. And this certainly applies in the uh, federal space. The federal government, it's over 2 million employees. Great leaders are throughout the federal government, both at the top and the middle ranks. And what we want to do is Ask them to pull inside their memory, pull inside their personal history, find those moments in time when they were changed, they were inspired, they learned something about leadership from another person, perhaps it was uh, from themselves, and they brought that to the workplace and they inspired others and became great leaders. So that's what we're trying to do with the podcast. Okay, so I, I get that you wanted to start with leadership, but what makes leadership such an important topic right now for federal workers? Great question. Leadership today is tested like never before. Um, Today's, if I had to put a leadership style, if I had to put names to it, we hear about um, empathetic, we hear transparent, we hear 
uh, inspirational. So today we have COVID, we have a down economy, we have people, we have social uh, injustice that we're dealing with. There are many new factors. And it's drawing like never before on a leader's ability to pull from within themselves and adapt to the current change. So leadership today is almost brand new again. We're taking all kinds of different styles, attributes, learnings that leaders have. They're looking at the current situation that we're in and understanding how do I move groups of people? How do I move my employees? How do I inspire? How do I get them to the next best place? So I think leadership today, this conversation uh, is extremely relevant, perhaps more relevant than it's been in several decades. You know, we talk about an employee's personal route to growth, but what role does the management side have in this? I think in the federal government, it's, it's a little bit different than it is in the private sector. Uh, my father was a civilian federal employee. Uh, he joined the federal government in the 1960s. Uh, John Kennedy, he was inspired by ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. He had opportunities to go in the private sector. That notion of service inspired him. It inspired an entire generation. I would like to think that call to service which is unique in, in the federal space, in the government space, still exists today. Well, that about says it all. But is anything else you'd want the audience to know about you personally or WEPA as an, as an organization? Uh, I have been uh, around the group affinity insurance world for um, three decades. I've uh, led this is my second uh, major organization that I've led and I will tell you that we impart this feeling, uh, you mentioned it, Mike, about service, this notion. We serve those who serve. And uh, I will tell you that it's refreshing. It's a blessing to be there. And <clears throat> I have so much respect for civilian federal employees at every level of government. In this podcast, we're hoping to talk to leaders which are similarly inspired and can share their learnings over a lifetime and uh, this will be useful information uh, for anybody in government service. When you think about something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else. By donating plasma at a Griffel Center, you can help save millions of lives and show your good side to the world. You'll join thousands of people who donate safely each week, so patients get the plasma-derived medicines they rely on, and you'll be rewarded up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.